Hey, um, let's greet each other by saying Happy Valentine's Day. Um, and I'd love to teach you a Korean word or a sentence, and that is 사랑해요. Can you all say that with me? 사랑해요. That means I love you. So, no, I didn't say it to you. I meant it, but I, I want you to say it to each other. I, I, I could. So why don't we greet each other one more time by saying 사랑해요. good. And I, I do love you too, church. 사랑해요. It's good. Such a pleasure to worship with you. Um, at 7.15, we're starting a new series that is called All Things New. He's making all things new. God has been speaking to our church saying that I want to pour out new wine and I need you to have new wineskins. So let's prepare that if you want that new wine to be poured out upon your life, upon your soul, upon your family, and upon your future. So let's go into the word of God. It'll be from Revelations 21. We'll read from verse 1 to 5. Revelations chapter 21, verse 1 to 5. We'll read from verse 1 to 5. Though we will study to 11, we'll just read from verse 1 to 5. And before you read it, let me say this Uh, to you first. It is talking about the new heaven and earth that we are looking forward to. God is giving us a new earth and new heaven, but please hear me. We don't just read this passage to say that it's something that's coming in in, in the future far, far away. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we always say already, but not yet. Yeah, it is coming. Yeah, we do have the full glory coming to us. But the kingdom has come already. Those two things happen together. Because for God, time is not a factor. For him, past, present, and future is the same thing. So his kingdom can come right now to you and me. That's how we read it. We don't just look at it and go, you know what, that's going to be great when they come someday. But we read it and go, you know what, that can happen right now, already has come. And not yet, and it's going to come in the fullest glory soon as well. So in that context, let's read from verse 1 to 5. Revelations 21, 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the formal things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Let's pray. Father, as we open up your word, we are humbled before you, Lord. We bow down before your throne room and say, Holy, holy, holy are you. There's no one, nothing like you. And it's a privilege that we get to draw near to you, Lord. So Holy Spirit, 
I pray that you'll speak into our soul, into our hearts in a way that only you can. Though I get to preach, I pray that the person who preaches and everyone who hears as well will be blessed and will be hearing from the Holy Spirit. It is in your name I pray. Amen. The Lord makes all things new. He wants to make all things, everything in our lives, new again. I'm read verse 4 and 5 again. He will wipe away every tear from your eyes. So every tear, every sadness and death, which is a separation, shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the formal things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. I don't know about you, but I am on my phone a lot. I use it for many things. I listen to music on it. I read my Bible on it. I text my wife on it. I do ministry on it. I, I do sermon preps on it. I am inst on Instagram on it. And I do emails on it. I, I do as much as I can on the phone. And because I'm on it so much, I drop it a lot too. And I scratch it up a lot too. And I just got a brand new phone maybe um, eight months ago, I think. And then the day after I bought it, I've been looking forward to it because I, I was using iPhone 5 before that. So it was a leap of faith going from 5 to 8. Woo, glory to God. 5 to 8, from glory to glory. It was great. But the next day, I was having dinner with my friend. We were outside. The weather was great. It was concrete floor. You know where this is going. I've been waiting for the glory of eight. I dropped it, and the glory was cracked. <laughs> I didn't have it for more than 24 hours. It discouraged my soul like never before. That discouraged me. And I was devastated. You know what? Oh, that scratch. And you know, you know, like the, that's the thing about the new thing, right? Where you have a new, it's so precious. Once it gets cracked a little, you're like, ah, it's junk. And you, don't, you care for it a little less. That's what I was doing. And then more and more cracks, more and more cracks and scratches here and there, where it got so bad that I couldn't use the phone anymore. So I went to my Apple store and said, hey, I need to make an appointment. And you know what? I have an insurance for it. So I brought it in, and I was praying and hoping, God, I've been doing ministry. I'm a pastor. Favor upon me. Jubilee, come on, jubilee, come upon me, right? Brought it in, new phone, new phone. I brought it in, and he looked at it. Okay, you have an insurance, front screen, back screen, all scratched up. Oh, wow. Wow, this is ugly. Oh, thank you. And then he says, you know, you have insurance, I got to get you a new phone because this is not fixable. And I said, glory to God. <laughs> glory. iPhone 5, 8, and a new iPhone 8. Glory to glory to glory. Amen. <laughs> this, and, 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 you know, and I was thinking as I was preparing this sermon, why did I rejoice so much in that moment? It's because there's that innate desire in all of us to get something new. And when we do get something new, there's a joy and say, you know what? This is new. I'm starting fresh. 
And there is that wholeness and future that is coming on our way as well. Glory to glory, not just an iPhone, but everything that is within us that is going to be glorified. New heaven and new earth. However, we got to remember that that glory can be applied to right now as well. It is already, but not yet. So I want to share two things that can be renewed in our lives right now. That is to come, yes, but that can be renewed right now for your soul and my soul right now. The first one that I want to talk to you about is this. His presence, God's presence is what makes all things new. God's presence is the key of making all of us new. If you need any portion of your life or your soul or your relationship renewed, you invite the presence of God. Let's go to the passage again, verse 2 and 3. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, so it's new, coming down out of heaven, not Apple Store, from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, listen to this, behold, the dwelling place of God, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as dear God. When you read the Bible, if you notice something repeated three times in one verse, dwelling, 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 and I'll be with them, you got to notice that it's the perfect number. This is what God wants to tell you. So there's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, new heaven and new new earth, ushering into all of our lives, and God is saying, what is the first thing? I'm going to dwell with you. I'm going to dwell with you. Remember this. Whenever the kingdom of God and the presence of God comes upon our lives, he doesn't say, listen, get better. He doesn't say, do better. He says, draw near. I'll say that again. Whenever the kingdom of God and the presence of God ushers into our lives and our relationships, he doesn't say, do better. He doesn't say, get better. He says, draw near. Because that's everything. And he'll say, I will draw near to you. That is the sound of the kingdom of God. That is the sound of the voice of God. Whenever you need to discern in your spiritual warfare, whenever you hear that voice in your insecurity, says, you know what, you gotta do better. That is not the voice of God. He says, draw near, child. Come near. Let me love you. Let me hug you. I got you. That's the voice of God, isn't it? And isn't that how God found you? Wasn't that true? When you met God, when the kingdom of God entered your life, when you said Jesus is my Lord and you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, wasn't that voice so gentle like that? He didn't say, I condemn you. Where were you? What were you doing? He would say, come near. I've been waiting for you. Welcome home. I missed you. I died for you. I gave everything for you and I would do it all over. That's what heaven is for for God, to be with us. He's a good father. He's so good. So the dwelling place of God, his presence makes all things new. When I was little, um, my dad was successful as a business um, CEO. He, so he started and opened up business. And I grew up in Hong Kong. So um, you say, like, you know what, you live in Virginia, and maybe some of you commute to D.C. or Maryland. We lived in Hong Kong, and my dad commuted to China, to a different country. So it was a whole new level of commuting, right, 
from Hong Kong to China. So he would commute back and forth. And I didn't know what he would do because I live in Hong Kong and I didn't know what his company looked like. I didn't know how big it was. I didn't know how successful he was and all that good stuff. And, and, and it was, I think this was back in 1995. He had some computers in his, in his company and then some of the computers start to get virus. Remember those things? PC viruses, right? It was bad. You gotta, you know, gotta fix it. You know, you gotta use the vaccine to fix it. My dad didn't know how to fix it. And, and being the good teenager that I was, like most teenagers, I was better at computer than at my dad. Naturally, right? Because you're a teenager. So I knew how to do that computer thing and fix it. And because, you know, it was summer vacation, I had nothing to do. He said, why don't you come over to China? And I want you to come and fix my computers, right? I said, great, something to do. So I get on the train from Hong Kong, and I go to China, and there's a car waiting for me right in front of me. There's a driver for me, too. And it was a really, really nice car. It started with a B. I'm like, what's a B? One of the B cars, right? I was like, whoa, this is a nice car. Is this for me? He's like, yeah, this is for you. So I get on the car. I'm like, what is going on? And he takes me. We, we drive maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and the car is really nice. It has like waters and snacks. I'm having fun. I lay down, take a nap, get up, drink some water, and dance a little. You know, it's, it's fun. I'm having a lot of fun. And then I get out, and my dad is waiting for me, and, and there are a lot of uh, people working for him as well. And, and in our culture, uh, if you are the boss, and if, when you see your boss or someone older than you, you pay respect by bowing. So I'm next to my dad, I'm walking out, and all these employees are bowing to us. And I'm going, you know what? I had the water, I had the snack, I had the car, I had the driver. Now people buy, I'm the king right now. <laughs> there are people bowing to me. Come on, bring it, bring it, right? And he takes me to this lab, and there are two assistants waiting, two lady assistants, Chinese assistants waiting for us. They're fluent in Korean, Chinese, and English, and they're helping me out, and my dad is next to me, so these are the computers, one, two, three, four, five, figure this out, son. And, and the ladies are so nice to me, oh, would you like something? Oh, you're the prince, okay, what can I get for you? What can I, they didn't say it, actually, I felt it. <laughs> In my imagination, that's what they said, but they really didn't say it, right? It's like, oh, can I get you some tea or water? And I said, tea and water, please. <laughs> well, okay, 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 master. They didn't say that either. Let me get you some water. It was great. It was going great. And my, my dad left. And I'm working on my computer, maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. And I'm a little hungry. And I snapped my finger. I didn't snap my finger. I wasn't that bad. Right? <laughs> or hello, hello, um, can I get some water, please, and some snack? And these two ladies, they're chatting, they're chatting away, you know, like any two ladies, they're chatting away, and they're not responding to me at all. I was like, maybe they didn't hear me. Can I get some snack? I'm hungry. Your master is hungry. <laughs> they won't respond. They're just talking to each other in Chinese, and I don't understand what they're saying, and they're just talking to each other. And I was like, oh, man, that hurts me a little bit. Where's my street cred? Where did it go? I'm, what's going on, right? And then maybe two hours passes, and my dad walks right in, and these two ladies jump right up and say, oh, what can I get for you? Did you want some water or snack? or what do you, And let me get some dinner or lunch for you. And they're, they're busy trying to serve me, right? And then we walk right back out, and all these people are bowing again. Why were those people so nice to me? Is it because of me? no. I was a mean teenager. I was immature. It was the presence of my dad next to me. 
It had nothing to do with who I was or what I did. When the presence of the boss, or for us, the king of kings, is with us, it refreshes the situations every time. It doesn't matter what situation that you are in. If you walk in there alone, they will ignore you. You will not have power and authority over that issue. But when the king of kings is walking with you, they will bow down to you. The waves and the, will, waves and the wind will quiet down. They have to. Not because of the authority that you and I have, but because the king of the kings is with you. The presence of God is what makes everything new. You want your family to be renewed? Ask for the presence of God all over. You want your city to be new, renewed? Ask for the presence of God all over. You want your country to be renewed? Ask for the presence of God all over. And you ask for it deeper and wider than ever before. And watch him change things. Watch him renew things. That is the kingdom of God. When Christ was restoring Peter, what did he ask? He didn't say, do harder, do better. He said, do you love me? He asked a simple question. Means, are you intimate with me? Are you close with me? Do you dwell with me? Is your heart with me? Then everything else is okay. Renewed by the presence of God. Before I move on to the second point, then what can you and I do about that? How can we usher in the presence of God and the refreshing to our soul right now? Cling to God. Joshua 23, 8 says this. Joshua 23, 8. And the context is this. This is the speech that Joshua makes about choose this day. But you shall cling to the Lord your God. The Hebrew word tabak here means to stick to or cling fast to. You're like, once you said Hebrew, pastor, you lost me. And this is what I would say. The word image on this word cling to is, is like the koala bear. Do you know that koala bear? That would just hug his or her, her or his mom and would kind of cling to him and stick to him. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's the picture. You cling to your father like never before. You hug him, you stick to him like never before, like your life depends on it because actually your life does depend on it because the presence of God, kingdom of God, the miracle of God depends on that presence. And please hear me. If the miracles in your life surpasses the intimacy that you have with God, the cleanliness, cleanliness that you have with God, then you're actually in a very dangerous place. The miracles will actually bring you down. Oh, we got to get closer to God. He wants to pour a brand new wine, new miracles, and new, new, new breakthroughs happen. But we got to cling to him first because he wants to, make us, he wants to give us a new wineskin. Otherwise, we're going to burst. Otherwise, we're going to burst. We're going to destroy ourselves with all that blessing. So cling to him like never before. And if you're taking notes, write this down as well. If you do not have intimacy with the Lord, please hear me, you will find intimacy with the people that you're called to conquer. I'll say that again. If you lose that intimacy with your Lord, 
then you're going to start to search for intimacy with the people or the thing that God has called you to conquer. Where, where do we see this? You see this in the Israelites. God has given them the promised land, and he told them, do not intermarry with them. Do not be intimate with them. Do not find that intimacy with them. You are to conquer them because they did not find that intimacy with God, because they did not choose when Joshua says, choose this day. They lost that intimacy. They lost that dwelling. They lost the presence. Now, therefore, they're finding that presence and intimacy in all the wrong places. Getting that wrong girlfriend or boyfriend that you know it's wrong, but it feels so good. That sexual relationship that you know God does not honor. And men, porn or, or things that you shouldn't watch, you know what you're really craving and thirsting for when you're addicted to those, those things? Is intimacy. Is intimacy. What, you're, what your soul is missing is Intimacy. Once you get that, a lot of things will heal itself. Your soul is craving for intimacy. There's a research done on why, do, why are teenagers drawn to gangs? Why are teenagers drawn to gangs? And they did study and research and interview with a lot of teenagers who are part of a gang right now. And, and you know what the number one question was? It's because they provide family, covering, dwelling that they did not receive unfortunately, at home. And they said, if someone else is going to provide for you, I don't care if they're right or wrong. I don't care if they kill someone. I don't care if they're doing illegal things. I want that intimacy more than anything. Wrong place. The place that God has called us to conquer, we're seeking intimacy in that place. So church, please do find intimacy and dwelling place in God because that is the kingdom of God. That is where you and I are refreshed. Then we'll go to second point. He makes us morally new. He makes us morally new. Let's read verse 9 to 11. Then came one of the same angels who had the same seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me and said, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb, the church of Jesus Christ. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, having the glory of God. Isn't that great? It's radiance like the most rare jewel, like a jasper. Can you all say jasper? Clear as crystal. What does it mean? The church of Jesus Christ was so good, so right, so pure that it was like a translucent jewel that people would look at it and They'll see straight through. There's no impurity at all. Nothing hidden and nothing shameful. It's from John Piper. Nothing hidden, nothing shameful. One of the struggles that you and I have, all of us have, I don't care who you are, we all have that, is our struggle with sin, isn't it? Moral issue that we have. Spiritual and moral issue that we have. Um, before I met Christ, I, I met Christ when I was uh, between my 7th and 8th grade for the first time and received really, re I grew up in a Christian family, but, you know, I went to church and all that, but really didn't know the Lord, but I just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and got to know, the, know, know Jesus personally when I was about 8th grade. And right before that, I was, I was doing all, I was seeing all the wrong things, I was saying all the wrong things, and I was doing all the wrong things, and I was 
um, drinking or eating or smoking all the wrong things. Not too much, but enough. Not too much that my mom would notice, but enough that I'll be cool with my friends. And it would take a toll on me and it would, it would grow in me. And when I met Christ, it, it just turned 180. It just turned... I was in middle school and I, had, I, was, I was in a school where I had to wear a tie and a shirt every day. Tie and a shirt. And, and when I met Christ, one of my brothers and my mentors gave me a little necklace that says, uh, Jesus love in Korean. I can't wear it outside because it's against the uniform at school. So I put it inside my shirt and tie. And I put it inside and I'll feel it right here and I'll feel so good. But my heart would almost want to explode because I want to show it to everyone and say, hey, Jesus love, I've tasted this love and this is so good. Jesus is love and I wanted to share it. And, 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 and one of my friends, he said, hey, what is that little thing that you have here? I took off my tie and my shirt in the middle of my class and pulled it out and said, hey, Jesus love. And I was passionate about it. I loved Jesus I, there's nothing, there was nothing better than to worship Jesus. And then a month, month passed by, two months, three months, maybe even shorter. I don't remember that well. And I began to go back to my old ways. And I began to hide my necklace. And I began to just take it off and not wear it. And I've been, I was torn. I was confused. Was that even real? Which side of me is real? And don't you and I go through the same thing that this Sunday or Wednesday behaving ourselves, and you guys are awesome because you guys show up on Wednesdays too, right? This is great, but maybe that two o'clock in the morning yourself or maybe yelling at your wife yourself or cussing at your parents yourself, you find yourself, or your children, <laughs> you find yourself in that place, go, which part of me or which side of me is really me? And I'll submit to you and encourage you that that struggle was real for Apostle Paul as well. Romans 7, 21 to 23. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in, in God's law. And he knows that you and I, we delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members so he's he's seeing a war that is being waged so if that's you that's all of us let's stop hiding that let's stop faking that let's be a little more authentic about it we all struggle with different sins and different battles that we all have and that is going on and this is what god is saying to you tonight yes you can have victory right now because it is already and not yet at the same time. I can't make you like Jasper. I can't make you precious and transparent without any impurity. Yes, you can have that victory in your life. And you ask, how? Because we do have sinful nature. How? By reading your Bible every day. By reading your Bible every day. Here's a Stupid question, but let me ask. Can human beings fly? Can human beings fly? Yes and no, isn't it? I mean, unless you're a superman, but he's not really a human being. You know he's an alien, right? You know he's an alien. He's not a human being. So anyway, um, we can and we can't. I mean, you get on a plane, you can't fly. 
but you can't fly, but please don't try flying when you go home. It won't work, right? But when you get on the plane, how, how, do we, how, do we, how, how does that happen? Because why can't we fly is because we have gravity, right? So let me use that illustration to say gravity is like a sinful nature. Sinful nature. Try to pull us down and not to have the kingdom of God. And when you're, when you're flying, what you're fighting against with the gravity is a force that's greater, a lift force. Maybe you learned this, remember this in physics, that is greater than the gravity and you take flight. So there's two forces waging war, right? Gravity and lift force. When this becomes greater, then you fly. Is the gravity gone? Nope, it's not gone. Is your sinful nature gone? Nope, it's not gone. But once you see the lift force getting greater than the gravity, can you have victory? Yes, sir, you can. And that's what Paul is talking about. You can have victory. Satan is lying to you saying, you know what? You will never have victory over that sin. It's been in your family. It's been with you for years, tens, decades. It's never going to go away. The word of God says, no, I can make you like a jasper right now to this day. But the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God has already come. It's not just to come. It's here for you. Go grab it. Go grab it. How? By reading your Bible every day. Psalm 199, how can a young man keep his way pure? You know this, by guarding it according to your word. According to your word. There was a gentleman um, in UK 50 years ago. Um, he was a serious alcoholic. He got into so much trouble. And he, just, he just lost his family and wealth and everything to the point where he just lost his health. And then he, got, he, was, he was hospitalized. And then he was detoxed for maybe 15 days. It was rough on him. And he, he got out. He said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to live a clean, sober life, right? But as soon as he hits and he sees the first bar or the pub, now, now his heart starts beat faster. Because his sinful nature is greater than his mind, right? So it beats, beats, beats faster. He doesn't know what to do. Man, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. And then he sees, we don't have it here in the States, but they used to have it in the UK, a, a milk bar, a, literally a milk buffet where you pay $2 and you could drink as much milk as you want, fresh from the farm, right? So he walks into that milk bar and then he, he, he drinks that milk like he has no tomorrow. He's drinking the milk, drinking the milk, and the owner is like, I'm losing money today. Where is this guy coming from? He's drinking, gallon, he's drinking gallons of milk, almost to a point where he could almost feel the milk flowing over his nose. That's how full he was. And then he walked out, full of milk. He passed by one bar, two bar, third, three, third bar, fourth bar, fifth bar. He wasn't tempted at all. Why? Because he was so full of other life. How can we have victory morally? Reading your Bible every day. If you're more tempted, you know why you're more you know why the temptation for you is too great right now? It's because you gotta read more. You think you have enough. No, you had enough with that 15 minutes. Maybe your time has come to upgrade it to 30 minutes. Maybe you've been reading it for 25 minutes and you're still tempted. You're like, I can't have fill it up till it's till up to right here. Up to right here with the word of God. That's how we have victory, church. God wants to make us new. He's, pre he's prepared with a new wine. He's so good. 
A season of grace has come upon us. Now let us respond to the word of God by filling ourselves with the word of God. Saying, God, I'm going to be holy because I know it's not the gold or the silver, but the clean vessel that God delights in using. Let's pray. Father, we were so grateful because you don't just say, you know what, just suffer and wait, though there's part of that. But you're saying, you know what, the kingdom has already come. It's upon you right now. You can have victory right now. And it, it, the intimacy that you long for can be had right now as well. Oh, you will have to wait. I know. I know there's some pain. I know there's some tears. I know there's death. I know there's separation. But wait. Because I'm coming, but at the same time, I'm with you right now. Father, I pray for everyone in this room and anyone who's listening online, live or just even later, I pray for the breakthrough and newness to come upon all of them. I bless them in your name, a breakthrough in our moral life, in our spiritual life, because your kingdom has come. It is in your name I pray. Amen.